Welcome everyone to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my co-host, Anthony. Anthony. Good evening. Good to be here. Anthony. And <clears throat> we have a guest tonight, but before we introduce her, let's let's talk about a couple things here. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I keep forgetting to say that. And if you have a story, send it to me at Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com or you can send it to me on Facebook. And if, if you're not my friend, you can still send me a message on Messenger, okay? And I am going to start approving friend requests again. It's just, you know, we had people messing with us and they were using fake accounts and it was hard to know who's who, but uh, we're going to get back on track. This is the Thursday edition of Paranormal Roundtable, and obviously we're going to have a guest. That's what always happens on the Thursday edition, and this person has a lot to say and a lot to talk about. Um, but before we get started with all that, we have a Patreon that we had to tell you about. It's a $10, $20, $30, $40, $50 tier. Each tier gets progressively better uh, swag bag is basically what we call it. You get swag, right? And um, it just goes from $10 and after two months you get a bag that gives you an autograph book from one of many authors that we're affiliated with or or and you get like stickers and and keychain and some other stuff um we usually throw in some different things and then uh the $20 tier it's the same thing but you also get a t-shirt and then the $30 tier it's a t-shirt or a hoodie depending on if we have them in stock and if we have your, your size and you get two books and then on the $40 tier you get everything you get on the $30 tier plus one of my autograph books and then on the $50 tier you get everything from those other tiers plus you get another book you get both of my books the dogman phenomena it's werewolves and the dogman phenomena and the bigfoot phenomena and so you'll get both of those autographed along with two other books and a hoodie that's a pretty good deal and it's after two months of being a patreon member that's a heck of a way to support us and help the show. It helps us tremendously. Also, during this show and every other show, if you're if you're watching it when it premieres or if you're watching the live streams, which are YouTube exclusives on Friday and Sunday, you can do a super chat and that helps out too. Friday, we have a guest on the live stream. Every uh, Friday starts around 8.30 and then it goes about three hours typically. It always does. And then Sunday starts about 7, 7.30, and it goes about three hours. It always does, uh, typically. And that is um, without a guest. We just retell people's stories, just like the Tuesday one-hour edition of the Paranormal Roundtable. Now, if you're only listening to us on Spotify or Podbean or Stitcher or all the other 15 different platforms we're on, you're, you're missing out. You can listen to us on the on for the podcast episode, but you're not going to get what you get from YouTube if you're listening to us on the Friday and the Sunday. Uh, and that's just, I'm just telling you, you're missing out because a lot of the this, this stuff intertwines too. So four nights a week, four nights a week of Paranormal Roundtable. Yep, that's what you get, folks. And they ask me, they're like, baby Josh, why, are you, why do you do this four nights a week? And I tell them, well, Cause I'm selfless. <laughs> so that being said, <clears throat> join our Facebook group, Josh Turner, uh, Wolf Turner, po- or whatever PRT podcast. That's my uh, Facebook group that was created as a fan page, and then we have a holistic healing. We have a prayer group, all under the headline of Paranormal Roundtable, and then of course we have the Paranormal Roundtable group, and we will put the links to these shows on there. You can leave a comment, and if you are, are picked, you'll get an autograph book. 
and a, and a few other things. So that's another way to get merchandise from us. But the easiest way is just to go to the store and pick yourself up something. Like it's cold right now, go get you a hoodie. Uh, they're nice. I'm wearing one right now, actually, in the studio. I wouldn't lie to you. And then I have the uh, the the zip up hoodies, and those are selling like hotcakes. People love those, and so we we you know just keeping those in stock, you know. But um, we have done really well with those zip up hoodies. Go check them out; they're in the Paranormal Roundtable store, and there should be a link on the show right here, right? There's always links to everything we talk about in the description of the uh, YouTube upload. Yeah, and go check out our friends and associates, Martin Nunley. With uh, and humanoids and his show, blondes and booze, Texas Front Porch, uh, BMR. Um, he's another one. Uh, my friend Matt Impsch, Planet Four One Two, Crypto Normal Encounters with B Moss. These are just some of our friends. Lyle Blackburn's podcast, Monstro Bizarro. Check these guys out, man. Go check out their YouTube channels and go check out their podcasts. Also, Chris Garitano, Off to the Witch, another good podcast. I've been on it twice. Uh, been all, I've been on all those shows. Just go check them out. They're good. They're good people. And uh, so that being said, let's get started. I'm I'm really ready to go here, Angela. Okay. Hi. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Sure. I'm Angela Shelton. I grew up in Maryland. Haunted all my life, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. I guess it basically all started with my mom, and then I guess it just. Went right on through the family. <laughs> so, yeah. That's kind of how it works. A lot of times, uh, you know, you'll inherit something from a, a parent. Was your your mother, your mother had uh, experiences, things going on? Oh, yeah. She's had these um, different experiences since she was little also. She's, um, I've seen her <laughs> then. She was having a nervous breakdown. She was having some, I guess, some mama drama you know, going on in her life. And we went to go visit someone, one of her friends, and she was stirring her cup of coffee. And I, I just seen, you know, this spoon wrapped around her fingers. And I said, I, I looked at her and I said, you know, I'm like just, you know, shocked. And then the, the woman, her friend that gave her the spoon, she said, um, she goes, oh my gosh, I did not give that to you like that. She goes, let me get you another spoon. You know, my mom, it just freaked everyone out that my mom, somehow that spoon just, that metal just bent around her fingers. And so things like odd things like that would happen on and off with her through her life. And like lights would, you know, pop, you know, just pop, <laughs> you know, and go out. And um, it's it just a lot of different things that she would tell, you know, she has told me over the years because of, you know, all of my, my things that were going on with me being little and it all, you know, started before I was born while she was carrying me and a lot of paranormal was just going all around her. And then after like, I was born premature and I was like two pounds and they had to bring me up to five pounds, I guess, you know, before we could leave the hospital. And so she got me home finally and things just started happening all around, you know, surrounding her and me together a lot. And, um, she was sitting on a bed with me one night and she couldn't sleep. She was up holding me and holding my foot, you know, and she, she, she said she was just 
sitting there and she had this whatever the, whatever entity this was or whoever this was came came through her door because she she would have a brick up against her door if, if it was knocked over she would know that you know the people that she was living with had either came in the room or whatever because it would be knocked over but she had the brick up against her door and a and a night light on all of a sudden she saw this this man very tall dark hair about i would say maybe above his shoulders the hair he came walking through how she described him was he was wearing like old attire like a a green cloak like he he looked he was dressed all in this khaki looking green like his old old suit and he came walking through her door and she she said to herself you know oh goodness you know he, he he's gonna hit his head because he was so tall and she closed her eyes and he came walking you know well glided she said he, he just it wasn't like he was walking it was like he was just gliding and he came right over to the side of the bed and he bent down and he was looking at me right in my face and then looked over at her and smiled and looked back down to me and so she's counting the 10 you know, over and over and over again, squeezing my foot and then, a peek, you know, peeking through and he was still there, still there. So after, you know, she started seeing him raised up, she was like, oh, good, he's going to go. He's going to leave. He's going to leave. And she looked up at him and he smiled and just turned and went back through the door. And she thought again that he was going to hit his head because he was very tall. She, she said, I didn't just see that, you know, she's rocking me and she's holding my foot and she's like squeezing my foot. And she said that I didn't even cry because she was just so afraid, you know, to let me go. And then she thought to herself, all I need now is for someone to put their arm through that door. And then she put me down on the bed and she went, she goes, that, that had to have been somebody that came in here. I don't, you know, she's like second guessing herself, not believing so she's on the floor on her knees and she felt for that brick and it was still leaning up against the door. The door was still shut, you know, all the way. And she jumped back in bed, grabbed me. And then she thought again, you know, all I need now is for, for an arm to come through that door. And that is exactly what had happened. But it was her friend, Shirley, that she was roommates with and everything. And she came up to sneak in to get me so my mom could sleep, you know, <laughs> so my mom seen this arm coming through the door she just freaked and you know screamed and everything and so Shirley ran in and she goes Sharon it's me and it's okay it's okay so she told my mom to take her sleeping medicine and then she'll take care of me while she sleeps and so my mom did and <laughs> so it's like things on and off would happen in this house and this was in Pulaski on Pulaski Street in Baltimore this is where I lived up until I was 14 so this house and other houses too, everybody on that street and even across the street had a lot of paranormal going on and they would, we would all sit around and talk about it with my mom and, you know, her friends. And, and of course I would hear it too, you know, and, and I'm thinking to myself, like, well, how do I tell my mom about the things that happened to me? Cause I mean, my, my vocabulary was only so big, you know, I was just little. All of this stuff was just like surrounding me uh, and her. So one night she had put me to bed and everything. And I, it was my second birthday and it was at nighttime. And I remember this because she, when she tucked me in, 
she said to me, you know, you're my big birthday girl, my, my big two-year-old, and you had a great day, and you did a great job today, and, you know, at your party, all this stuff. And she was just talking with me and tickling me and tucking me in, and then she turned the nightlight, a Jesus nightlight, in my room. She had turned it on, and uh, she gave me a hug and kiss and everything. She went into her bedroom, which was back like in my room, if you walk through my room, you, you walk through my brother's room and then to the bathroom. But her room was, if you go up the stairs, her room was to the left and mine and my brother's room were to the right. So, you know, I, I laid there for a good bit and I was looking at, at the Jesus nightlight and it was a hologram. And I remember moving my head one way and he would be praying in the garden. And then if I moved my head the other way, he was sitting like at the last supper kind of picture, you know, so I would just do that. And I would do that until sometimes until I would fall asleep. So, but this particular night, I felt something different. I felt something new to me that it was very, very strange. And then it started getting to feel like something was running circles around in my room, looking at me like in all of the corners of the room. And then it almost felt like a like a, as if I was trying to keep up with it. I mean, it was just a very odd feeling and being two years old. And I remember this and, and then I hear like a growl and I'm looking around the room and I'm thinking, what is that? You know, and I started to feel fear to where I was afraid to even scream or to call for my mom. And I'm looking and I'm, I just kept looking around and then in the corner of my room to the left, I saw these red eyes. And that is when the fear went right through me. And then I couldn't even move, but I can still see it. Something was, it was like a paralysis type thing or, you know, I, I couldn't move. So yeah, I am um, with that growling and then it came closer to me. And all I could see was at the moment was just the eyes, um, the red the red eyes and it would just like prowl around me, creep around me and, and I can hear like where it was. And then when I'm thinking that it was in front of me, it came up under the bed and grabbed me through. Now this is the part that I couldn't even think of how in the world it could even happen being even being two years old, you know, it came through like underneath the bed, through the mattress, and grabbed me. And then it it growled, and then it let me go. And then I could feel like everything breaking off of me. And then I sat up and I tried to scream because even in when it had me in that, I tried to scream and nothing was coming out. Like no one, I knew no no one could hear me. So when it broke off of me, I can feel and move my, my hands, my feet, you know, I can move everything and I can still feel from where it grabbed me. It had like this, like still like, like a, as if it still had me, that's what it felt like. But then it had like this tingling type sensation that just stayed for a while. And I sat up and then I tried to scream and I took a breath and I did it again and I, I screamed so loud that I woke up the people, 
the other people's kids next door to me on both sides and people across the street came running over because everybody knew everyone in the neighborhood. How you know, old were you? In the you? 70s. I was two. Wow. And um, so from that, you know, that was the beginning of my torture in this house. It was... Um, we, we also found out later too, that the woman, Shirley, that my mom was, you know, that she lived with when I was a baby, Shirley and her family moved out and left my mom the house, uh, with the landlord. And so my mom took over. So when I was two, my mom, she also knew that the woman, Shirley would do like, uh, use a Ouija board and stuff like that. So my mom had found this Ouija board later on. It was in the basement left from this woman. So my mom had tossed it out in the trash later on, but, uh, this, I don't know if these things, you know, came through with her using it because she used it quite often. And she, she claimed that there were things talking to her. So left us with horrors (laughs) for me. It was horror. Yeah. And, um, so, when I, I just want to tell you, you know, when I was an infant, after my mom brought me home and that one incident happened, there was some more incidences where she had finally put my, she put my crib up in my room. She started doing my room and uh, she had a bed put in there too. She would lay on it um, while I was in my crib, but um, she'd put me in my crib and she started noticing this smell of like a, like a garden after a fresh rain. And she said she could not, you know, in the city, you don't smell that, (laughs) you know, unless you actually grow one, but she's, it's in my room and she's smelling like this floral, this beautiful, she said she had never smelled anything like it. And it was just, it was, she just loved it. And she's smelling around, smelling around. And then she noticed that it was, um, it looked like it was raining in my room in every corner and she's looking around and she's like, you know, Oh my gosh, it's raining. And, and she's looking for leaks and there's no leaks. So that happened. It, it, it came and went. And, um, so that she couldn't figure out that either. So then there was another time when I'm still tiny and she's sitting on the bed in that same room and she's rocking me because she had just fed me or whatever. And she's sitting there on the bed and then she hears something in her ear, someone saying to her, get up. And she turned and looked and she's looking around. She's like, no, I didn't, you know, I did not just hear that, you know? And then she heard it again, get up. She's still sitting there and she's, you know, sitting there thinking to herself, why do I have to get up? You know, and then she hears it again get up and it she ignored it then it yelled in her ear saying get up and she jumped up she's okay i'm up i'm up and she moved away from the bed and the ceiling collapsed right where we were sitting right on top of the bed so that happened and it was like um you know some things would try to protect you you know or like warn you and then there were some things that were not very nice and um so I guess you get to go with the bad. So that that's how I, you know, took it growing up. So then there's uh, 
when I was little, I just started walking and, you know, learning how to walk. And, and I remember that I had to climb on these steps. I remember this day being little and falling and busting my mouth. And that's all I remember. I don't remember going to the hospital, getting sick. I don't remember any of that. So my mom went up in her room. She had a woman that was sitting on the steps to watch me while she went upstairs to grab something. And then she had my clothes and my brother's clothes hanging on the line in her bedroom. She, she said she went up there and then she said that um, the, the clothes started moving on the hanger, you know, all on the, the clothesline. And then she said, are you trying to tell me something? And then the clothes just stopped. Like they didn't even move. And then she said, which one is going to, you know, is it one of my kids? You know, which one? And then only my clothes would move because I was, when she left, I was playing peekaboo with a woman across the street at the shepherd's bar up above in the windows. And that was like the family bar of everybody, you know, everybody, everyone in that neighborhood, like they, like the older woman, they just, they would come and take me places and, you know, they would just, they loved me. So I'm, I'm playing peekaboo with this woman up in the window. My mom looked out her bedroom window and saw the woman in the window across from her. And she's pointing down, pointing down. And she's like, her face is like, you know, real serious. And she's pointing down to my mom. You know, she said, what's, she goes, is it one of my kids? And my clothes started moving again. So she said, that's it. You know, so she, she took off out of there, went outside and went out the door and she looked down and there I was and it like a little, like a little fountain of blood was just pouring out of my, my mouth. And so that, that was another thing that happened and, um, goodness, <laughs> like the stories go on. So when I, um, I do remember, uh, I had a, my first fight with a girl and then a bully girl in the neighborhood, you know, and I didn't want to fight my dad. So, well, if you don't get out there and beat her butt, I'm going to beat yours, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, you know, he made me a tomboy, you know? Yeah. He was um, old school. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so he made me get out there and I'm like, I do not want to fight anyone, you know, cause it's, it's not me. So my dad said, you get out there and fight this girl is the only way she's ever going to leave you alone. I'm like, well, what if she beats me up? She's going to come back again, <laughs> you know? And it just, it, he was like, I mean it. So I had to get out there and fight. Um, I sat there first. The girl came up and she just started hitting on me. And I was like, okay, that's enough. So that's where it all started. And that, that fight was two hours long. And I can't tell you what happened in it. I don't remember. The, my mom said, and my dad everyone who's seen it said to me, you took that girl because I was wondering why she was so bloody and scratched up and beat up. And because when I came through, I had her hair wrapped up in my hand and still like hitting her in the face. And that's how I came through. Like, I'm like, you know, I didn't do that. You know, I, I let her go and I backed away from her and I was in a state of, you know, how, did I eat? How did that even happen? How did I get her on the ground? And people are like, you know, later on, they're like, you fought like, like somebody on TV. Like you just picked her up and slammed her we, just like she was nothing. So I, that scared me really bad because the more I thought about it, the more it was, you know, bothering me. 
I, I didn't even want to talk about it because I couldn't remember any of it. And I told my mom, I said, I don't think I was. And she goes there. She said the whole time, even my dad, the whole time I was fighting this girl, it was like my eyes were not like as if I wasn't there. It wasn't me. And, and I said, there was no way in the world that I could fight like that. It, it was like watching someone who was trained to fight. And I had this girl, like, I was afraid if I went any further, you know, she wasn't going to make it. You know, I was, it just scared me that bad because I saw her bleeding and the blood on my hands wasn't mine. And I just, back, I let her go, backed off and fight was over. <laughs> you know, the whole big giant crowd went all home and I'm sitting in the bathtub, scratched up a bit. And, um, sitting in the, before that, before I even went into the house, I didn't know, like, I, like this, just, I just kept saying, I'm going to kill her. I'm, I just started screaming this because I was coming out of something that I, I didn't understand. I just started screaming, I'm going to kill her. And, and then someone slapped me across my face. It was my mom. I was looking at my brother when she did it, and I thought he did it. And I took my fist and I punched him square in the nose and bloodied his nose. And and my mom just like she said, "That's it. Get in the house. Just 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 go in the house. Go in the house, and we'll we'll discuss this in the house." You know. So I got in the tub and everything, getting the bath, and my friend, I mean, she came up there and she said. She goes, I never seen anything like it. <laughs> she's telling me about it. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to know. And so she's like, okay. She goes, well, I'll come over tomorrow and see how you're feeling. And I'm like, okay, you know. <laughs> so then my brother, he he wanted to come in. So I, I covered myself in the tub and on. And I was crying, I was like hysteric crying. And I felt so horrible for hitting him. And he come in with the fingers in a cross position. It's like, you know, he's like, is, is it safe to talk to you for just a second? I was like, yeah, you know, and he's standing by the door. So he was telling me that he didn't, he, he wasn't the one to hit me. It was mom. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I said, I'm really sorry. I was so, I was just crying my heart out. So I never got in another fight like that. I just, you know, I stayed away from people who just seemed, you know, grouchy. They want to fight or, you know, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do that again. So I just can't remember one thing of that. I don't know how or why or what jumped in me and just took care of the business for me. I don't know. That was just one of the, one of the things that was really, that really bothered me along with everything else in that house. Um, and then there's more times of being before the age of five. I'm going to jump back a little bit before the age of five here. I'm trying to just cram this all in there for you guys too, because it's just, you know, remembering back. But um, before the age of five, I was being attacked again by whatever was in that room. It was like a, my mom started teaching me how to pray and everything like that. And um, because I just kept waking up or just getting up screaming and she didn't, she couldn't have sleep. There was no way I was always with her and she was always up all night rocking me, you know, and stuff like that. So I had 
this one incident to where I was being attacked and then I started concentrating on moving my fingers and toes to break off whatever that was. But one, one night I sat up and I just started screaming, you know, in the name of Jesus, go back to hell. And I kept repeating it and repeating it like my mother told me to do. And I heard this thing scream. It was like screaming right in my face. And it was a horrible scream I have never heard before. And then it started screaming. It just kept on screaming. And then it sounded like it was fading out and fading out and fading out as if it was falling back to hell. And then it all stopped. And then that's when I felt something lift in the room like it was gone. And I knew it was gone. And then I screamed <laughs> again for my mom. And uh, it's this, you know, this stuff went on like this, seeing things, you know, in front of the, down the hallway, going into the bathroom from my brother's room, something tall, dark, thin, long arms, long legs, fingers, long black fingers, you know, and it was just moving, doing the sidestep from the left to the right of the bathroom doors. I'm looking at it and I'm laying down on my bed, looking down that hallway and I can see the light was on in the bathroom and it was shining around that door. And this thing was jumping back and forth, back and forth. Like, and then it, a couple of times it looked like it was going to come right straight for me. And I was petrified. I couldn't even move. I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to move and I couldn't breathe right. I'd had shallow breathing because I was afraid I was popping out in sweat. And um, so I started lining up my animals and dolls and stuff around my, on my bed. And my mom, she asked me one day, she goes, when did this start? You know, when did, why do you do this? And I told her, I was like, there's monsters. And, you know, I didn't know what else to call it, you know? And she, she knew something was going on paranormal because she kept telling me, you know, different prayers. And she told me that if something comes at me, this is what to say. So, yeah, I've done all that and just grown up like that. You know, couldn't really tell too many people and just just my mom, you know. So you th this is all from when you were young, you know, like yeah. like like and, and so it just it's been going on and on and on. And, and your mother has told you like multiple stories, like right about what went went on with her. And you, uh -huh. got, I mean, an obvious question. I need to, but have you guys sat there and compared notes? Yes, and what we found out was the, the thing that was attacking me. She was also having the same experience as as I was. Like this thing wasn't just attacking me; it was attacking her. But she didn't know that it was the same thing attacking me when I was little until I got old enough to tell her in better words, you know, and she's like, she says, I am so sorry. She says, I knew something was happening, but I did not know that the same thing that was happening to me was also happening to you. So it's like, she didn't put two and two together until later. And so that's, that was just, um, it was frightening. It, it's um, frightening as a kid. And then you get so tired of it to where you want to, you just let it happen. 
so you can study what's attacking you to try to figure out how you can actually defeat whatever this is and why does it keep coming back? Why is it, you know, still attacking me? And um, so that's what I did, you know, from two to uh, about eight years old. This is what I was trying to um, figure out. And I also, um, one time I sat up because I, I felt like this jolt. So I sat up and I didn't realize that I could actually do this either. And it was out of body experience. And I heard someone's, you know, like breathing behind me. And I didn't know that I was up out of my body, you know, sitting up. And I look behind me and it was myself. I'm looking right at myself. And I'm sitting there and not, you know, like, how do you process that? <laughs> you know, like, you know, you're sitting up, but you're sleeping behind yourself. So that also was when something came at me as I was sitting there like that. And then I realized when I went to scream, no one can hear me because I wasn't in that realm. I wasn't, I wasn't in my physical body that this thing can actually hear me and everything because I'm now, you know, in its realm, you know, in the spiritual. So I told it in the name of Jesus Christ. And that this is when I casted another one, like this one out, but I was actually sitting up out of my body doing it. And this was something that I never, I didn't know anything about until it happened to me. So that thing was, it screamed like the last one and it went away just like the last one. So I, um, after that happened, I came right, I woke up and I even looked behind myself to make sure I was actually sitting in my body. You know, I was actually sitting up and I was, and then I screamed for my mom. So later on, I told her about that and she's actually done that too. She has figured out too that, you know, when you're out of your body, you can actually cast these things away from you that are going to harm you. And I don't like out of body. Like, you know, when I start to feel like it's going to happen, I'll, I'll wake myself up because I don't want, I don't like it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I don't, it just happens on its own. So I don't like it. It feels like I'm slipping on ice or something on my feet. And then I'm like, I jerk and I'll wake myself up. So she's had multiple experiences with out of body journeys and stuff like that. She's done. Um, so here, you know, the whole gift was passed on to me, I guess, however you want to say it curse. So also, you know, later on growing up, you start to figure out these gifts that you do have, you know, little by little. So it's like, I'm a, a sensitive, I can, you know, sense things and feel things. And, you know, I know things are there before anything. And it's like, that's been, been with me all through my years. So I still have it to this day. So something that started when you were young and has gone on for your whole life 
And, yes. but so let, let me ask you this now, when you, when you go to a different place and starting from when you were a kid, do you like each place have its like unique entities that you, or do you feel like some of the stuff's attached to you and just following you permanently? I do feel like something is following us. Um, and it's, it just went down from me down to all four of my kids, all four, um, so it, it's, uh, and some that are, are unique because I did live in other places. Like when we first moved from Pulaski street to, uh, Sipple Avenue in Baltimore, and, but it's, it's more near like, uh, you call it Harford road area and all of that, like Moravia off Moravia road in Maryland. And, um, so we moved there. And it's an old house. It was, it was like we were drawn to it, me and my mom. And we're like, oh, wow. You know, um, it was one of the first houses that was actually built there. And it was a a slaughterhouse for, you know, what do you call it? (laughs) For meat and stuff like that. It was like a farm kind of thing um, before a lot of other houses were built there. And, but we didn't know that part yet. So we moved in and um, the attic, you can fit like four bedrooms and it is really big, you know, to fit a bed in each one of the areas of the attic. And so we didn't have any of the stuff in the house just yet. We had some boxes downstairs, but we didn't have anything in that attic, but my mom's wicker swing. So, <laughs> I mean, if you go from like you go up the steps to the bedrooms and then you make like a left and then you go down that little hallway and then make another little left and up steps and you can peek your eyes over, you know, into the attic, you know? So we, that's where the wicker swing was actually sitting. So the dogs started acting really crazy, you know, and we're like, what is wrong with these dogs? We never seen them like bark and growl. Like this is crazy. So that night (laughs) we were, in our rooms and um, we didn't have much, you know, just blankets to lay on at the time. Cause I was like our first night. And then my mom said, I know let's all just stay in one room together, you know, and the dogs. So we did. And uh, this is when this was late. It must've been like three in the morning. And we started hearing something as if something was hitting into the house all over the house on the outside. It sounded like it was surrounding us inside. It, um, it sounded like, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say bats, maybe like birds. It wasn't like heavy pebbles or rocks. It was like just the something hitting all over the whole house, the windows, glass, everything, but we're looking out and there was nothing. We couldn't see anything with our naked eye. And I said, this is not, I don't think that's good. You know, And I'm like, what is that? So that all happened. And my dad went out and he's, he's looking for, you know, eggs, like maybe somebody had egged the house or, you know, we didn't know. So he didn't find anything. There was absolutely nothing around the house. And he was like, he said, what is it with you? (laughs) You know, he would always make jokes. Like, you know, every time he was like mother, like daughter. And he goes, used to her just alike, you know. You and your paranormal stuff, <laughs> just, you know, you laugh, you know, but he didn't find anything. So we're like, that was, that was crazy. So the next day we got 
stuff in the house. And of course that wicker swing was already put up in that, up in that attic. And the dog stood in that hallway, just ground and like drooling. I've never seen our two terriers ever do that. And I said, what is going on? So my mom said, okay. So she's like making the dogs go first, (laughs) trying to get them up those steps. And I'm thinking not again, you know, like, I I don't want this stuff following you or, you know, anywhere, but we felt and knew something was up there. And so we, the dogs took off and left us and we went up on those, that little flight of stairs and then peeked our eyes up over to see whatever we could see. And that wicker swing was just swinging by itself. And I said, and I looked at my mom and I said, see, you know, like, you know, whispering back and forth. And she's like, yeah. So I left. I'm like, you know what? Nope. I'm not staying around here. And, you know, we went back downstairs. And so the next night we were in our rooms. My dad finally put the beds up, you know, earlier that day. And so we're in our own rooms and I'm hearing as if somebody is sliding boxes across the floor, like furniture, boxes, setting things down, heavy, like boot steps, like a man. And I'm, I'm like, I know my mom is not wearing boots like that. You know, she doesn't have boots like that, or my dad doesn't either. So we all come out of our rooms at the same time, looking at each other. And I said, who? And my dad's pointing and he's like, and we can still hear it as we're standing in the hallway. And then it just came to a stop. And my dad said, not this house too. You know, <laughs> that's what his, you know, his exact words. And so we're like, you know, I don't know. And we went and looked again and that worker swing was just swinging by itself. And there was nothing up there. No boxes, no nothing, no furniture. And I'm like, how do you explain that? You know, it was like, I guess it was moving out because we were moving in. I don't know. That was my joke, you know. And so we just had to brush that off, too. Then our speakers were going off by themselves, not even set up yet, plugged in or anything. We had voices coming through those. We had our TVs were coming on by themselves, unplugged, because they weren't set up yet either. And so I pushed all of my stuff out in the hallway. My dad said, why did you do that? Because it was already happening to him and my mom. And I said, I said, did you guys see the movie, you know, Poltergeist? You know, I was like, that TV's not coming back in my room. And, you know, he laughed. And I said, no way. That movie, I mean, that TV is not coming in my room. So it, it took a lot for my mom to convince me. She's like, oh, well, you just plug it in. And if they have anything to say, just listen. I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, (laughs) oh goodness. The list in that house goes on. And um, that was the most creepiest place too, as I'm sitting there one night, my parents went off to a movie together celebrating their anniversary. And I'm sitting there and the people that used to live there before us came, she came with her boyfriend to the door And it scared me because, I mean, like, I don't know anybody in that neighborhood, so why should there be anyone knocking at our door? So I I got up and I I talked to them and she said, I just want you to know that this house has, and I said, demons in it. And she said, 
how did you know? And I'm like, um, I was like, well, you know, <laughs> there are some crazy things in this house happening. And she said, I want to tell you, she says they're not good. And I said, yep. You know, and she goes, can I take a look at the last look at the house? And I said, only if you take whatever is in here back with you, because it is not mine. <laughs> you know, laughing and that, and just talking with her and her boyfriend. And she says, no, I don't want to go any further, really. I guess she didn't want to take him back home with her. But it was, it was odd for that to even happen. You know, <laughs> like, who does that? I don't know anyone, but these people came. And uh, so they left. And then my mom and I, I told her about it and my dad and <clears throat> excuse me. So they, uh, my, my, my dad was like, you know, don't like, when we're not here, just don't even answer the door for anyone. You, you don't know them. And I said, okay. So I never, well, they never even came back. So I didn't have to worry about that. But, but being in that house, I was for school. We were like real early in the morning, we were smelling breakfast being cooked in our kitchen. And it just went all through the house. Like I thought my dad was cooking because he's a chef. So, and he taught me. So I'm thinking, you know, my dad's up real early to make us breakfast before I go to school. Yay. You know, and nope, <laughs> we all came out of our rooms and looking at each other like, um, I said, so you're not cooking breakfast. He said, I thought you were cooking breakfast. <laughs> I was like, nope. So that that would happen, you know, on and off. And um, so that was a regular occurrence. Yes, that was a regular occurrence. So that was um, that would just piss me off. I would just be like, <laughs> I'm going to get up <laughs> right. all ready to eat breakfast. And then you're going to just, you know what? That's that, right. that's going too far. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because, well, and my dad, he would make really good breakfasts. You know, he did like, you know, the biscuits, the gravy, the ham. the Exactly. Whole, Even whole more thing. reason to be pissed off. <laughs> and that's what it smelled like it was cooking. Torture. Um, Don't tease me. <laughs> right. So, you know, um, so all of this would happen. And then I started getting, I was being woken up, which I thought was my mom, because I can hear my door open and close. And, and I'm like, that must be my mom, you know. And then I would get this nudge on my bed at exactly seven o'clock in the morning. Every morning that would happen, somebody that I couldn't see would come in my room and put their knees to my bed and shove my bed to wake me up. And I would turn around and my door is even open because sometimes I would leave my door open and then I would hear it open and close. But yet my door is still open. So I'm like, oh, that is not my mom, <laughs> you know, and that's definitely not my dad. And so my mom would have, she was having experience, like she had a, her room was made up into, she had another room up there. So she used it as an arts and craft room. So she was in there a lot and she would have like her own experiences in there. And, uh, you know, she saw a couple of girls like in those tight poodle skirts and everything in there. She saw them. She saw people going up and down the staircase and she's like, she would look at me and I'm like, what? And she goes, did you, did you see that? And I'm like, did I see? Nope, I didn't see anything. What did you see? And, but I can hear girls laughing, you know, it just, you would just get these at the oddest moments where everything is 
you know, like your mind is somewhere else. And then that would, and then it would happen. You would hear something or see something. Um, then there was bad things there too. It was just that house was very, very crazy. When I brought my daughter home from the hospital from there after I had her, but I knew I was having a girl within two months of my pregnancy and, you know, and I knew I was having a girl because something told me I was having a girl. And my mom looked at me one day and I said, I said, do you know that I'm going to have a girl for my, cause I, at this time I didn't actually know that I was pregnant. And I said, did you know, I'm like, I'm going to have a girl with my first, with my first baby. And she's like, she's looked at me strange, you know, <laughs> and I, I didn't even, she was like, yeah, when, and of course I was, um, almost 21 at that time. Anyway. And, <laughs> and you just said so this out like, of the blue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, huh? she's looking at me strange. And then lo and behold, I was working at one of our stores. We had uh, food stores, um, four of them. And it was Ocean City Fries and Dogs, one of them, Ocean City Fries Burgers, and then Ocean City Fries Beef and Ham. And Your, fa- your family had these, these were restaurants? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, family owned, and we had a business partner. And so I, I worked all of them faithfully <laughs> with my dad and but one day I went to work and I was severely anemic and didn't know that it was actually going to hit me that day because I was pregnant and I didn't know it yet. And I was making my friends fries and the fryer just dropped them, fresh cut fries, you know, and I turned around to say something to him and I just went to pass out right into the fryer and he grabbed me and he was really tall. He was in um, the military, but he grabbed me. And he held me up and he stepped over the counter while holding the back of my shirt and part of my hair. And I'm like dangling. (laughs) I couldn't even move. So he picked me up, put me on top of the sacks of potatoes in the back. And there wasn't no chair or anything to sit on. And he says, I got to call your dad for you. So he did. And my parents took me. He had to my friend had to carry me to the the van and I couldn't even walk. And. God, so you're lucky. Like, I mean, that is so scary. You almost fell into a fryer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, it that, you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself while sitting there while he's talking to my dad. I'm like, what in the world is wrong with me? Like, you know, how serious is this? I thought I had the worst, you know, the the worst flu in the world or something. And so the doctor's checking me out. They my parents took me to their doctor and he's like, Well, what do you think it is? And then he took blood from me and everything and I said I don't know I was like probably the flu and he goes uh-huh <laughs> so he, he says um he'll let me know in a few days of you know my blood work I was like okay so my, I'm in my room and my mom comes in you know and by this point you know like I knew I had this overwhelming feeling that I'm having a girl like I was being told by whatever was around me that I was pregnant and she come through my door and I was like, I know, I know. And she said, you're going to be a mom, you know? And I'm like, no. (laughs) So, but it was just all this paranormal that was, you know, telling me the whole time. Like I knew it was, it, it was just amazing. So, I mean, of course 
I had thoughts about it, me actually being, you know, pregnant too at the time too. But um, with your, when you're being told by something around you, that just, you know, opened your eyes. But um, so then my daughter, when she, it started with her when she was two, she started seeing things in the room and she would point and say, I was teaching her her color. So she knew white, she knew black, she knew red, you know, and she's pointing up in this corner and she's saying, what? And then she would jump and hurt, like just flop down in her crib and pull a blanket over her head. So this, and I'm like, and she would always point to that same corner in, in our room and we, we just couldn't understand why she would do that. And we knew it was definitely paranormal. And, and my mom and I both, we felt like there was something even in the room. So one day my mom made her this real pretty uh, book of all these different pictures. So she can like a big picture book for her. And when we came across the angel, like a, all dressed in white and everything, and she had her blanket with her and she said, white. And she pulled the blanket over her head and she was afraid. And my mom is like, oh, she goes, do you think? And I'm like, you know what? Children have them, I guess. And I wouldn't doubt it. So that's where it all started with my daughter. And then, you know, just I never put two and two together with that very much of, you know, because she wasn't having the night terrors like I went through. But when she was older, she started she was like around 10, um, nine and 10, she started seeing more paranormal and things in her room. And she just started seeing like, you know, and validating what we were seeing and going through too. So I'm like, you too, huh? And she's like, I don't even want to talk about it. You know, she's to this day, she doesn't like talking about paranormal. She's against it. Like she doesn't, she doesn't want to talk about it it scares her and um, I can't blame her. So then it just went to my second child. Not so much as my middle son, but it went, it really got a hold of my youngest and it, it's, it has been a nightmare. It's been, he was having it just like I did. He was seeing things like I did. He was experiencing a lot of different things that he couldn't even explain to me because he was, you know, just so little. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that next week, folks, on the Paranormal Roundtable with Angela. Thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for tuning in. And Angela, we'll see you next week. Uh, good night. <laughs>